Hey guys, it's your girl, Nick. I want to welcome you to our first edition of the Bow Collective's podcast. Uh, we are calling ourselves the Bow Nose Business. I'm going to share with you some amazing women. We are the Bow Collective Black Owner and Women's Collective. We are made up of 50 businesses who all gross together over $1 million uh, in their revenues. They are in the top 0.5% of all successful businesses. And we want to know how they did it. We want to know why they did it. And we want to have them share with you how you do it. All right. So today we have the amazing Teresa Harrison and we have the amazing and fabulous Gina Reese. They are both going to share their entrepreneurial journeys, strategies, successes, and challenges and let you all know how to come along with the ride with them. All right. So first to the stage, we are going to bring Miss Teresa Harrison. Hi, girlfriend. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, girl. We're going to do, look, I keep it real. Y'all, we try to do this. We had a wonderful daggone show. Everything went great, and your girl forgot to press record. All right. Okay. So I'm like humiliated. But you know what? You gave such great nuggets before, Teresa. Um, I just cannot wait for our audience to meet you, to hear your story, to tell how you came from George Street in Baltimore, Maryland, into growing not one, but two multi million dollar businesses. All right. So, can can you first just tell us a little bit about yourself or your background and tell us about your current business? Okay, okay. sure. It is great to be here, Nick. Thanks for this opportunity. I am Teresa Harrison. I am the founder and president of George Street Services. George Street is named after the street I grew up on in Baltimore. If you grow up in Baltimore and you successfully navigate the communities, the world, you can be a business owner. I love it. George Street is a technology company. Mm -hmm. We provide services primarily to the federal government. And those services fall within four core areas. We do software engineering, IT and managed services, agile project management, and cybersecurity services and solutions. We are headquartered here in Maryland and primarily work here in the DMV, but we do have other customers across the country. I love that. So you know what I didn't ask you before? So this is good. I like a take two, because I'm like, I forgot to ask her. So what was it like? I mean, you named your company George Street. Tell me what it was like as a little girl. You know, tell me about you know, the people. Give me some stories about George Street. You know, I named the company George Street because my family and my community were so impactful in my life. I am the middle child of 11 children. Oh, yes. Wow. And I am the first girl. So I had to be a CEO, even just growing up in my Just growing family. up, yes, just yes, a shot caller, telling those yes. boys what to do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I was the trailblazer, the first mm -hmm. girl. And so we grew up in a family in which, in my opinion, my mother was the master logistician. Mm -hmm. She was someone that led finance, 
that led the education, yes. the love, you know, help us go after what we wanted. So I learned from her initially. George Street, which was a low income neighborhood in Baltimore, made up of people who cared, people who supported and encouraged me. And they were so impactful. Yes. At, at George Street, although I had seven brothers, I had another 30 brothers. Oh, although yeah. I had three biological sisters, I have another 30 sisters. These people are still a part of my life today. I love it. You know what? I I, I always, you know, Michelle Obama did her, her book, mm -hmm. Becoming. I, I think that this is what the Bo podcast is going to be, is that we want to show how your story, how these things, these people, yes. these experiences helped you become who you are today. I still want to stay on George Street for just a mm -hmm. second. Give me one um, thing outside of your, your biological family. Is there one person that said, something to you. Maybe it was, you know, um, you know, a, a corner grocer or, you know, in your choir or some, somebody said something positive to you that still resonates with you today in terms of, you know, your confidence to go on and be an entrepreneur. It was my Sunday school's teacher, Deacon Aaron Stansberry, who said to me, he was teaching about miracles of God. And he said that we can do and be whatever we want to be. And he used biblical stories to show miracles that did happen. And I remember to this day as a seven-year-old little girl, believing that. And throughout my life, he was there always encouraging um, and, and introduced me to so much so much to the point where I was immersed in French. Mm -hmm. um, I did horseback riding, thought I wanted to be an equestrian until I realized you had to clean up poop. Uh, <laughs> that just like, uh, check please. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I remember also wanting to be a basketball player. Mm -hmm. I am not of that makeup. I didn't want you to bump me or scratch me. <laughs> but I did get to play in one game in my life and then I pivot. That was key to me because okay. I learned also that you can pivot. You can so pivot. There were people who introduced me to a lot, whether they were in my community, in my church, my high school teacher, Miss Stevenson, the best math teacher ever at the greatest high school, Western High School in Baltimore. That's right. Y'all are proud. You got all those rivalries. I've, I've been there. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So in all parts of my life, yeah. I realized that these people were so impactful that I carried them with me through George Street. And the tagline for George Street is where your story begins. I love it. Oh, how I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yes. See, that was why we had this retake, honey. We didn't have that. I think that 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 nugget of support and you I I saw those people so clearly the way you 
you describe them. So thank you for sharing. And now I, I definitely see the, the first act of Teresa. What did that second act look like in terms of, you know, you, you've tried all these things. I'm assuming, you know, when you, you went to school, you started to have an affinity for the sciences. Tell me about your, your second oh, okay. stage. My second act was going to college and I was a very shy person. Um, and college allowed me to blossom and explore. Um, I knew after my freshman year in college that I wanted to be a software engineer. But Nick, what's interesting is I didn't want to major in computer science. Okay, okay. So I believe- Why not? Why not? Tell being me. creative. I didn't want to major in it because I was so interested in business and keep in mind, I'm going to open my company at some right, point. Right, because you already knew. Yes. yes. So I majored in business administration oh. and minored in computer science. Very but good. when I graduated, I only applied to computer science positions. Hmm. Of course, I got 100 rejections until I got the one. Yeah, and I knew that I got that interview, I got the job, and I got the job. But what's interesting in this ties to business is... When I started, it was with Magnavox Aerospace mm -hmm. with a group of computer science graduates from across the country. I went to the first meeting and I had no idea what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. I was not equipped for that job. Okay. But okay. what I did, because failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. What I did was I moved two blocks from the company. I worked eight to five. I went home, I came back at seven when no one else was That's there. Right. And I worked seven to 11, Monday through Thursday until I got up to speed. And that taught me, Teresa, you can do this. That's what the Sunday school teacher said. I know that's right. It was, it was, uh, but your lens is, is dope. I mean, it's just dope. You knew, hey, I'm going to own a business. It's two, I am going to own it in this practice area. Yes. And then, you know, you, you, the way that you, it was like a, a nice orchestration that, okay, mm -hmm. let me get it. Let me learn it. Hello. All mm -hmm. right. So you were like, no pivoting there. Let me practice. Absolutely. Let me learn my craft. Let me yes. get up to speed. I, I mean, I think that that is huge and, mm -hmm. and a nugget that all That's of good. our, of viewers who want to just jump out and be an entrepreneur, like you got to perfect your craft. You yes. have to know the underlying skill sets mm -hmm. required to mm -hmm. run the business. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're we're chapter two. We see we we see that where this story is going. What's that that third chapter? The third chapter entrepreneurship was that I had a successful career as a software engineer, a storage engineer and other disciplines and worked with, I'm sorry, wonderful companies. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to the point in which there was no place for me to go unless I left. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided along with- That's a quotable quote, girl. There was nowhere else for me to go unless I left. Yes. I mean, that is a word. Yes. So I left and I started a Phoenix LLC with two partners. Mm -hmm. And we left on a Friday, started on Monday, and we got our first contract within two weeks. And that was based on us leveraging 
our technical capabilities. I got it. I got it. So we just didn't jump out there. You didn't jump out. So now, okay, now we're in the business nuggets. Now we we are we we know how you became. We know that you went with partners versus us solo. We know that you had a bit of of technical experience that you felt very grounded in the contract. That is usually, you know, the hardest part. You got a lot of people, especially we're here in the DMV area, that are are great uh, contract specialists inside of departments. But they don't want to make that leap because they don't know how to market. Tell us how you landed, real specifics, that first contract, Teresa. I got the first contract via the customer I've been working with for over five years. Yes. So I leveraged the relationship I had developed and I leveraged the skill sets I had obtained over time. And that customer gave us a contract two weeks after we opened the company. You know, I have trained, um, counseled and coached over 200 businesses and that is the, if I had to put together ingredients for a successful launch, it is that model, mm-hmm. which is you have had a number of years of experience doing a thing, particularly in the federal or state um, government mm-hmm. space. And then you find a customer that I, that you're already working with, show them, hey, I can give you what you're, what you're already getting probably at a reduce, you give them some kind of price break. Mm-hmm. They don't have the overhead, et cetera, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and you go with that. I yep. think that that is, that's the safest model, right? It because, is. Because you're already doing the work. Mm-hmm. They're already happy and you're providing them a new solution that may have some cost benefits. Um, so there, there's no risk. There's very limited risk for them, right? Absolutely. You know, the risk was not with the customer. The risk was internal Um, because with the contract, we hired the engineers and we had to pay them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How were we going to pay them? Yes. Um, Initially with the company, we financed the company. Yes. Um, But as you grow the company, that number gets higher and larger and larger. And we got to a point where making that payroll was challenging. Mm -hmm. And I remember we tried everything. We had no answer. And I've learned that we have to be creative and we have to ask. So I went to the director of finance at this agency Mm -hmm. and I introduced myself. I explained we're small business, what we were doing for the agency, who we were doing it with. And I said, we will have problems making payroll, which will impact us meeting your requirements. Will you help us by expediting our invoice? And he said, yes. If you don't ask. If you don't ask, you don't get it. Absolutely. No, I I love it. And that, I mean, that's a part of the entrepreneurship journey, that access to capital. um, You know, I want, I do want to pivot a bit um, to, to ask you about, you know, we are focused on bringing awareness to black women entrepreneurs. Do you believe that um, being a black female has presented certain challenges 
And if so, what are the tools that you've used to overcome those challenges, be it access to capital, as you said, be it, um, you know, maybe market research, et cetera? I, I definitely believe, no, I definitely know that being a female and an African-American female has created additional challenges. There's challenges to being a business owner, but the additional challenges are, one, we are not invited to the inner circles mm -hmm. where there are groups, there are organizations that we're all members of, but there's also normally another circle within that we are not. Another challenge is it does get lonely mm -hmm. because many times you're in settings, you want to partner, you want to network, and you see it happening around you, yes. but not necessarily with you. Yes. You know, another challenge is getting access to cap capital. As you know, African American women are starting more businesses than any other population of people. Yet, we have the highest percentage of declines yes. for capital. And why is that? How can someone of a similar ilk get the go ahead and we don't? Yes. You know, and it is a lot more legwork that is needed and done to get to the yes. I agree. I agree. And and I think what you know, what we want to show the audience, you know, with the Bow Collective that you all are the 0.5% of most successful by reaching that 1 million gross annual sales barometer. However, you know, it is not without a new set of challenges. It, it's not like you so just arrive and, and hey, you know, the, the floodgates open up. It's just a different set of challenges. It is. Right? And you know, Nick, one other thing I want to mention is we are not sponsored. Mm -hmm. There are a ton of people wanting to mentor us. We've been mentored a lot. Tell them we have tell our audience who don't know, what's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor? I'm going to start with sponsor because that's what I want. Yes. A sponsor is someone who brings you to the table, someone who ensures your success, someone who is willing to walk alongside you and help you get access. Yes. Yes, full stop. Right. <laughs> full stop. You don't even need to know what a mentor is. No. We, we ask and we've been mentored enough. We need the sponsors. We, we need, need people sponsors. that put their credibility, their reputation on the line for your advantage. Yeah, for exactly. Your advantage. And speaking for my both sisters, we are not companies that just started. Yes. We have been in business. We're successful. We have infrastructure. We have skills and capabilities. We have done the legwork. We have done years, years of business and trying to get you to acknowledge and sponsor us like you do with other companies. Yes. 
No, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, and that is our rally cry and we're going, and that's why we're telling your stories yes. so that people cannot say they don't know where we are or who we are. Right. Um, and I, I love you so much for saying that. I want to leave you with two things. we got one minute left. Okay. What is beyond business for Teresa? What is higher than business? And then where can our audience find you? Higher than business is being of service to my communities. Um, business is very important and the success of George Street Services is very important, but equally important is being of service to my community, giving back in various ways that's needed, that's requested, and that's volunteered. How you reach me, you can reach me on LinkedIn. I am Teresa Harrison, um, two websites, thgives, T-H-G-I-V-E-S dot com or George Street Services Inc. No, George Street Inc. dot com. George Street Inc. Yeah, George Street Inc. thgives, George Street Inc. And I'm Teresa Harrison via LinkedIn. And that does it for today's edition of the Bow Collective, the Bow Knows Business. I am so delighted that you all are on this journey. You're going to meet each and every one of our sisters. We're going to meet at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Visit us on thebowcollective.org for more information. You can, uh, again, sign up for our podcast, our newsletters. We'll have events. We're so happy to know you. We're so happy to work with you. And we're so happy that you're joining us. Thank you so much. Take care.